0: The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I am so excited, folks. You hear me say that all the time, but truly I am so excited. The Three Kings of the Midway podcast. Become some of our, our very, very good friends. You guys have heard it. We've had Dan Goodwin the third on multiple times. Dan, if you're listening, shout out to you right away. Obviously, got to talk to Roy Ill Will. And now I am finishing up the Trifecta, the third king, Davori Nesby. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being hey, here.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: So, so excited to to talk about, about all things bears. And apparently we're gonna have to talk a little bit of, of other sports as well. Um, folks. We couldn't be here if not for the amazing support of Jeff Cadwallader. If you're looking about buying or selling a home this year in the Chicagoland area, you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties can help you. If you're thinking about it, give my guy a call. Give him a text 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com and talk with Jeff. He is the absolute best. You will not regret it. Thinking about buying or selling Jeff Cadwalader is your guy. Now, Devore, I don't know if you're going to be in Chicagoland and if you're looking for a barber, but if you are, you got to go visit my guys at Sheridan's Barbershop. Okay. Sheridan, Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, been serving the community for 67 years. They've got five barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They've got appointments available to book online or by phone. Sheridansbarbershop.com or give them a call, 630-668-668. 0137, book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, Devory, let's start off first. There's, we obviously have a preseason game that we've got to talk about. But Correct. first things first, before we get into that, I want to hear about you. How did you become a Bears fan? And how did you connect with Dan and Roy?
1: Crazy thing about it is, uh, I was born into this as being a Bears fan. Um, my father is originally from Chicago, um, and we lived in Chicago, but also, uh, my mother, her brother, which is my uncle is a diehard Bears fan. Uh, and you know, it, that's pretty much how, how it happened. You know, this was, I was born in 83, uh, and of course, uh, just, just bears, man. You know what I'm saying? And crazy thing about it is when we, when uh, we moved to Michigan, my father, uh, the bears were in the dark years and, you know, uh, <laughs> my father just disowned the bears and then just became a lions fan. What? I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but you know, uh, whatever, you know, I don't know what happened, but he's kind of back and forth, you know, all oh, the bears, you know, it's the same, sorry bears. And then, you know, oh, Oh the Bears they they've been looking good this year and I'm like come on man look pick a well, side.
0: Okay no but hold on now you got you got me on this. Was was it like Barry Sanders was he playing and that converted him cuz yeah, I I what it don't was. I want to say otherwise I don't know why anyone would convert to being a Lions fan.
1: I think it was more so you know he worked at General Motors at the time so he was in there with the Lions fans and seemed like that was the cool thing to do. Not saying Pops was a follower but come on man you being influenced <laughs> by the wrong people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, am still trying to wrap my head around that, but please DeVore, talk to me about the three Kings, uh, obviously, and I don't know how much you want to get into it, but just looking from afar, you guys were with another network. There were some things that took place and a lot of us were thrilled to see you guys go out on your own and do your own thing. And the success that you guys have had, on your own in this short amount of time, I mean, you guys are incredible. You know, I'm a big fan. You guys know that I listen to you guys all the time and huge props to you. How did you just kind of like maybe talk me through like how you guys got started as a group together?
1: Thanks, man. First and foremost, we appreciate all your support. We appreciate everything, man. You know what I'm saying? Because this ain't easy and I'm pretty sure you know that it's not easy, but um, we all came together through one Mike Brez uh shout out to mike brez you know even though uh those insensitive remarks that he made you know whatever you know what i'm saying it's just the fact that it's nothing personal uh this was only business and you know still got love for mike you know uh shout out to uh bears brawl and everything he got going over there still got love for him but as black men we couldn't continue to be there after you know that 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 word was used uh aside from that but he's the one that brought us together. Um, started out, uh, a couple of years ago, actually, um, where, you know, he, uh, brought me on the show and had, uh, Dan on the show. And then, uh, me and Dan kind of clicked, uh, for, uh, Mike at that time. And then, uh, it was, an, uh, Roy, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, we were all working with Roy and Roy was just dropping bomb after bomb, after bomb, after bomb on Twitter, man. And I'm like, wow, like this <laughs> dude is a good follow, man. And, you know, he, he, uh, Mike was like, you know what? I want to get you three guys together and have you do a weekly show. We're going to call it uh, the three Kings. And we're like, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, this would be great for the broad network. You know, this, this, that, and the third. And he brought us together, man. And when uh, I started working with Dan and I start working with uh, Roy, man, you start realizing like, man, these cats are really talented, man. You know what I'm saying? These cats are really good. And at the time I had my own show, you know what I'm saying? The big and bright uh, podcast where, it, where it's available wherever you get your podcast, but um the big and bright show I was doing at that time. And when we was rocking with that, you know what I'm saying? So I was already accustomed to being on air, you know what I'm saying? And getting all that. And then it was like working with, you know, cause I was working with my counterpart big, but working with uh, Dan and Roy, man, it was just solely bears. And it was just like, man, you know what I'm saying? Some, sometimes in the beginning, our podcast used to be like two hours, And it was like, wow, man, that's pretty long for a podcast, you know.
0: So well, I just want to say your guys' chemistry because you live near the Detroit area still, yes? Am I correct on that? And Dan lives out on the east coast. And Roy lives out on the West coast. Yeah. So like, I just like, how did you guys just develop that from talking or like, do you guys like do you guys spend time hanging out or like, how, how does that work? Cause clearly there's some chemistry amongst the three of you guys.
1: It's crazy, man. It's just like the chemistry just clicked from day one. How we all got together is just, uh, you know, it's just was crazy. You know, it's just like some things were just meant to be. And this one was a thing that was meant to be. And, and, you know, we work really well with each other. So, you know, you can tell that chemistry and that vibe when you when, you know, the boards come on and we start talking, we start vibing and it was just like instantly. And it's just like, man, we went from being three strangers to uh, three brothers, actually, you know, and it was just like, man, and now it's like every game day, you know, not even when it's just game day, but just every other day. You know, we're we're chatting each other up about something, man. And I'm talking every single day. We have a, a a private DM where it's just us three in it, and we just talk every day. Not just about sports, but we just talk about life, things going on in general, man. And we're we're really close, so it it spills out when we do our shows together and everything. Is just we're all closely knit. We're, we're 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 a united front.
0: So I'm curious about this because. Uh, we've got a somewhat similar situation. Obviously, we haven't been doing it as long as you guys have, but we're trying to get everybody together to see a game. Have you guys seen a game together live and in person yet?
1: Not yet. Uh, we were all planning to go out to Vegas and watch the Bears <laughs> take on the Raiders <laughs> Dude. at that game.
0: Did you see prices for that ticket? Like nosebleed. Yeah. We're talking thousands of dollars. Yeah, man. you're
1: talking about two, three grand just for nosebleeds. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> whoa! like we understand that the stadium is new, man, but come on, you ain't got a price gouge. But um, so that got shelved because I'm not going to pay five grand to go watch no game. You know, so it was like, nah, we're not going to do that one. However, uh, you know, there's other games here. Of course, uh, when uh, the Bears come here on Thanksgiving to play against Detroit, I will be there Um, when the Bears, uh, I think it's uh, one of the Bears home games I plan on attending um, in the near future, which is probably uh, I want to get I want to go there for one of Justin Fields first home starts. And I'll probably be at that one. So uh, if we can, uh, if we can link up you know, then that'd be great. Really, I just want all Bears Twitter to link up at one game. And that would be insane, especially a game of meaning and importance. But, you know, we all categorize the Raiders game as being the game that everybody was going to meet at in Vegas. And then, you know, Vegas was like,
0: nope. I think everybody had the same plan, man. It just wasn't going to happen. You talked about him. We all want to talk about him. And, and there are so many questions that are running through my mind. Um, I know you guys were just as thrilled as I was when he was drafted. Did this first game change your timeline? Do do you feel like, is it just, Hey, it's Justin Fields time. Let's do this right now.
1: Okay. Uh, After seeing what I already knew, um, (laughs) it was pretty much the obvious. At this point, I would like to see him get his reps with the ones in practice, which they reported he's going to do this week. And not only get his reps with the ones in practice, but see what he does with the ones in real like game uh, situations in the preseason. We know what Andy Dalton can do. We know what Andy Dalton brings to the table. He's 10, 11 years in. He's a 10, 11 year vet. I don't want to see Andy Dalton. I want to see Justin Fields. And at this point in time, me personally, just from my playing experience and, you know, just being being able to evaluate talent. If you have a 10, 11-year veteran on your team and a rookie that's on your team, and if they're neck and neck at this point, you go with the rookie because he gives your team more upside. As opposed to the 10, 11-year vet, this is all this is as good as he's going to get. He's not going to get any better. And if Justin Fields is neck and neck with him right now, Justin Fields can elevate the team to that next level where Andy Dalton can't.
0: Well, DeVore, it's funny that you say that because there was one point during the game, and I can't remember the receiver, but it was a third down pass. And Justin Fields moves out to the right, and he throws – and I tweeted immediately, if that's Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney, they come down with a catch. And just to think, you know, what's, what's it going to be like with him? Oh, that was at, Lacey.
1: Yeah. hundred yeah.
0: and, percent. And so, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I, I was excited from the moment he got here, but I'm starting to think more and more that he's proving you can't keep this kid on the sidelines. He's just too good. Is there one specific part of his game that stands out to you more than anything else?
1: The intangibles, uh, the intangibles in Justin Fields. Uh, perfect example um, where he dropped back and rolled out. And it was a defender uh, coming in. I think it was either a, a corner. It was either a corner blitz or a nickel blitz. And he came in. And if that's any other quarterback, they're taking the sack, right? Justin Fields spun, you know what I'm saying, spun off of him and then rolled out and then scampered for a 30-yard run those intangibles. But not only that, just the fact that as he was rolling out, he still was looking downfield to find somebody who could break free and get wide open. And the fact that he kept his eyes downfield and he knew that it was man-to-man coverage, no one was paying him any attention. He turned on the Jets and got like 34 yards off that one run. That was insane. You can't coach that.
0: To, to watch a scrambling quarterback that's eyes down the field, not looking to run at all times. I mean, Lamar Jackson is incredible. The guy's insane. But at some point, I always feel like a guy like that's going to take a shot that he's not going to get up from. But if you're smart about it, the way that Justin Fields is, hey, I want to make the pass. And when it's not, then I'm going to show off those amazing skills that I have. Right.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just watching him, just watching him, you know, just how he was dying. It seemed like he Once he got his footing up underneath him and once it slow, once it slowed down for him, that's when he started to pick apart and started to uh, work his magic and just pretty much it was nothing they could do to him at that point. Not a thing they could do to him at that point. And liked it where he was, uh, where as he was scrambling out, and he's telling the receiver to get down because I'm finna throw it down to the I'm finna throw it down to the ground to protect yourself so where you can protect yourself. I'm going to throw it low because these guys are going to be looking to take your head off. So I'm going to throw it low for you that way you're not running through a zone. I'm going to throw it low that way you can get down and get the call, and catch and we can get yards and still move this ball. That, 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 that you can't coach that.
0: Well, Devore, it's so interesting that you say that cuz I just keep thinking the thing that stands out to me the most obviously he's got amazing skill set but his poise yes. dude just seems unfazed by any of the pressure or any of that stuff and think man like we, we were talking about this on our last episode that what's going on in San Francisco and what's going on in Jacksonville you you have high draft pick quarterbacks that they're looking at but it's nothing like what the pressure is like in Chicago i, I i'm just amazed at this kid
1: it, it, i think everybody's amazed with am at this point um you know, and, and the crazy thing is, is the kid is only going to get better. You know, he's so just polished as a quarterback right now. And heaven forbid, but we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. I know not mine. I'm 38. <laughs> you know, I've never seen this a- 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 from the Chicago Bears. It's everyone else gets lucky but us. And it seemed like this time we hit the draft lottery with Justin Fields. You know, I mean, it was like a gut punch with Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not going to lie. It was like a gut punch with him because, number one, I never wanted him on this team. I never wanted us to draft him. Um, And then when we got him, it was just like, ugh.
0: We had to, okay. you had to work yourself into excitement for him. I totally, oh, I, 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 I was the same way. I literally, and I've tweeted this many times. I'm sitting in a bar with two of my friends and I, I, and when the trade comes across, you're thinking, okay, pick number two, it's Deshaun Watson. I know it's yes. Deshaun Watson. I'm so excited Deshaun Watson. And they pick Mitchell Trubisky. You're like, wait, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, but I mean, given the fact that hindsight is twenty twenty, so we're kind of glad we didn't get Deshaun Watson, given the fact that what he's dealing with right now, again, innocent until proven guilty. Um, it's not looking the best for him, but at the same time, nothing is concrete and substantial, so he's still in the clear. It's just that you don't want that aura around your team, and that could have been us. You know, that could have been us and our situation. So I'm glad we got the quarterback that we got. It was – it was meant to be, and it was, it was a, uh, a match made in heaven. It was meant to be, and it was supposed to work out this way.
0: As you're saying it, man, I'm, I'm getting chills. I, I, I think all Bears fans, we, we're, we're so cautious about wanting to be excited, but he just checks every single box. And obviously we know he's not going to be perfect. He's going to make rookie mistakes, but I think DeVore, I think you're just like me where it's, it's time to be excited about it.
1: It's time to be ecstatic. Pretty much, it's just time to be ecstatic. So, yeah, it's okay to let out excitement. It's okay to let out screams and joys. I mean, Saturday was the first time that I ever got excited for a preseason game, and I went haywire when he threw <laughs> when he threw the touchdown to uh, Jesse James, and 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 it was just like he backpedaled into the end zone. I like screamed <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" because. That is usually a play that we're watching that where, you know, it's overthrown, it's underthrown or something happens stupid and the guy's wide open, but he can't get him the ball. So that was just like, oh, my God, it was it was it was it was exceptional
0: this is how I know it was special. As my wife goes, oh yeah, you should buy his jersey. As soon as I hear those words, I know, okay, it's <laughs> game, game on, man. It's time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. Devori. Now for our few listeners that maybe don't listen to Three Kings of Midway podcast, you talked about your experience playing wide receiver and playing it in college. Right. And I, I want to talk obviously about the current Bears wide receivers, how you see that shaping up. But before, if it's okay, I know he's no longer on this team, but I think that you shared some really amazing insight about Anthony Miller. And it seemed almost like there was like a shared experience or something. And so I'm kind of curious, like, would you maybe just talk a little bit about like your thoughts on Anthony Miller? Why maybe he's no longer a part of this, this football team.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's called the sophomore jinx. Uh, you know, and I think it's all show and no go. Um, and 2018, they had, you know, Anthony Miller, seven touchdowns as a rookie. Um, and you know, uh, the team had huge, a huge, a huge margin of success. And then it was 2019. They fell off the cliff and just Anthony Miller's work ethic his, uh, hat, you know, some of the habits that he was forming, I could start to see uh, the downfall and, you know, just harped on it because, number one, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And, you know, everybody got tape on Anthony Miller, and he started to blank him in games. Literally, he couldn't get off the line. He couldn't get separation. When he did get separation, it was either, he was either underthrown or, or overthrown, or he was dropping it. And or, yeah, and, or, or even
0: in the wrong spot sometimes, too. That absolutely. was super frustrating.
1: And that was the main issue. His third year was not being where you're supposed to be, um, which is, you know, it, it, it was bad, man. It was bad. So, you know, again, I could just progressively watch him get worse. And it was more so, you, you know, we know what type of player that you are. And we know what you can bring to the table. You have so much potential. However, you're allowing your attitude to ruin your play. And that's what was happening with Anthony Miller. He you know, he was getting caught up in who's getting signed, who's not getting signed, the A-Rob ordeal. And that's when it started to go south for him is during the A-Rob ordeal because A-Rob was voicing his displeasures uh, with the Bears front office. You know, his uh, agent, Brandon Parker, was, uh, you know, we call him B. I know him personally, but you know, uh, they were giving their displeasure about the contract situations and whatever, whatnot, and that started to take toll on Anthony Miller attitude and his mentality, and it started to drop him, and then, you know, I I guess he wasn't expecting it because he figured I'm a second-round pick, you know, um, I'm a second-round pick, I'm a starter, but, you know, Darnell Mooney came in and took your and, and took your reps, man. And at that point, you know, that's when he started to run the Twitter and start making these comments of, I wish we ran the same plays in practice, you know, in games that we do in practice. We're not running the same things. Well, you're not supposed to. It's called a playbook. You're supposed to know it. You're supposed to know all your plays. You're supposed to know every route in the route tree. You're supposed to know when and where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So that played a huge part in Anthony Miller uh, getting up out of here. Because again, he was becoming a cancer in that wide receiver room. And it's unfortunate, but I told him how this was going to end. And he chose to laugh and, you know, throw shots at the podcast and hopefully it takes off and whatever, whatnot. And I warned him. I said, "Okay, be careful because you're going to end up sitting next to me watching these games on Sundays. I've seen it happen. I've I've lived what you've lived. And this is short lived especially going the route that you're going. And lo and behold, you know, he thought he got away from the Bears and, oh, I'm set. No, you're not set because now look what happened over the weekend. And now your shoulders torn up and now you're really getting cut. So no one's going to keep you. No one's going to pay you to not be a part of anything. You're going to miss weeks. You're going to miss the rest of the preseason. Now you're on a scrap heap. And now next year, you'll try to make a roster or wait until you rehab fully and now next year, you're going to try to make the roster as a free agent. So best of luck to him. But I don't see it panning out for the young man. You might hear his name when they develop the uh, uh, XFL, or you might hear his name in Canadian in the CFL, but NFL, I think that's over with.
0: There are so many dudes that are vying to make an NFL roster that are working so incredibly hard. And DeVore, because you are a wide receiver, I really, I would love to focus in on your five, six wide receivers that you see. I know, you know, there are a lot of names out there. And if I'm missing one, I want you to definitely say something, but the way that I kind of see it panning out, you're looking at Allen Robinson and Darnell Moody, absolute locks. No question. Those guys are your top two from there. You've got Demir bird, Marquise Goodwin, and probably Daz Newsome because he drafted him. But then you've got this mix of Rodney Adams, John Bay Johnson, Riley Ridley, and Javon Wims. How do you see this whole thing kind of playing out? And if you were sitting in the general manager spot or the head coaching spot, who are the guys that you would like to have on your team?
1: It's crazy, but this is the honest to God truth. The first five you mentioned, that's my five. And then out of uh, the ones fighting for the last wide receiver spot, it'd be John V. Johnson. Really? Yes.
0: So, okay, now talk to us because we were just Screaming the praises of Rodney Adams, who had a really good game, this first preseason game. Why would you pick John V. Johnson versus Rodney Adams? Or would you, would you want to have them both?
1: I would want to have them both, but uh, you know, Adams will be on the practice squad with me. And that would be one of the wide receivers that I will protect to try to develop uh later on, you know, into the season, barring injury or anything that happens to the wide receivers. Um, John V. Johnson, because he's versatile, he can return punts. Um, he's also six, four, six, five, and he runs a four, three forty. Um, we don't have that type of that's Megatron type, you know, that's Megatron type, uh, athleticism, bodies type and everything else. Not saying he, I'm not saying he's going to be Megatron, <laughs> but what I'm saying is you don't have many six, five, four, three guys on the roster, you know, uh, well, you know, whatnot, but. You don't have that many guys on the roster. Um, he has speed to burn. And uh he's been tearing up our defense and all through all through camp. He's been tearing up the ones, twos, and threes. So um uh, granted he did have a, a boneheaded punt return where he fumbled and you know, or kickoff return where he fumbled and went in the end zone and he tried to bring it out and got tackled at the two, whatnot, but that's gonna happen. He's a young guy. But if you're looking for developmental guys, uh that's the six that I would go with. With uh, I will have uh, Ridley, and I will have um, who was the other guy that we mentioned? Uh, uh,
0: not Javon Wims.
1: No, he's not making
0: the roster, <laughs> Daz Newsom, the draft pick.
1: Well, Daz Newsom will be there. Uh, yeah. and the reason why Newsom is going to be there is because he's explosive, he can return punts, he can return kicks, he's explosive. I like his attitude, I like his demeanor. And the kid is just a flat out baller. So he will be a part of my initial five. But uh, the guy that I said that we would put on the practice squad, Rodney Adams, Rodney Adams, that would be the guy. Um, I like the fact that, you know, he had a tough drop. He had a tough drop on one of them uh, where it was should have been caught. But, you know, it happens. Okay, that happens. But, uh, you know, Adams and uh, Ridley, I will put on the practice squad. Uh, really, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know whether it's, you know, this is year three for him, you know, going into the system and you would think that he would have developed by now nine times out of 10. If you ain't developed by now, you're not going to. So, you know, I mean, he could be worth a practice, a practice squad spot, but you know, they say that in his uh, times of action, he's been, um, he's been productive. But if you can't crack the roster now, man, if you can crack it last year and right, like really make an impact where they were starving and looking for people, you're not going to do it. So, uh, you know, that'll be my seven wide receivers that I would go into the season with possibly eight. With two on a practice squad, six on the active roster, I would go with that uh, because they just flat out dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like Allen Robertson and Darnell Mooney, those are dogs. You know, and then of course you got uh, Bird and, and Goodwin. Bird and Goodwin are burners, along with Mooney, they're burners, you know. And of course, uh, and then you add Daz Newsome onto that, and and you know, John of A Johnson, they're
0: burners. Well, it's just it's funny because last year it seemed like the one missing element was speed. Yes. and and and, and obviously Mitch's game is not the long ball. But obviously, with the new guy in town, Justin Fields, he's got the cannon for the arm. It just seems like this might be an offense to watch. So, DeVore, my question to you then, what's going to be the roadblock? What's going to be the thing that's going to hold this offense up this season?
1: Offensive line. That'll be the only thing that can hold this offense up. That's the only thing that could be the roadblock is the offensive line. You know, Now, interior, we're set you know, with Mustafer with Mustafer uh Daniels and Whitehair. We're set. It's the book in tackles that we need on the left and right hand side. As I stated earlier, um the signing of Jason Peters, uh a veteran, but he's of course he's 39 years old. But I mean, as an offensive lineman, you ain't really got to do too much besides, you know, his 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 uh knowledge and wherewithal as an NFL vet nine time pro bowler, you don't really have to worry about him, you know, other than an injury, you know, but uh, I think Larry Borum will slide right into that spot if he does get injured. And then, of course, uh, we got Jermaine Effetti on the right side. And, you know, Tevin Jenkins, again, you know, as I told the guys on the, on the Three Kings podcast, it's like uh, the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. I told the guys, I'm like, look, at this point in time, any dreams that you had for Tevin Jenkins at left tackle, scrap it because it's, it's too far gone into uh, the it's too far gone into mini camp and training camp and everything else. OK, he's not going to play. Just you just have to swallow that pill. And if he does play and gets ready later on, it will be at right tackle. It won't be at left and you'll just have to move him to left tackle next off season. But it, it's too far gone right now to try to get him to be left tackle when he's played right tackle his whole entire life. Perfect example is Panay Sewell. Look what happened with Pernay Sewell last weekend as he was literally thrown into Jared Goff, you know, picked up and thrown. And is this is supposed to be the strongest guy in, in, in the draft. This is supposed to be a brick wall. This is the NFL. And, you know, my thing is, if, Te- if Tevin Jenkins has, is has these back issues while you're not using him? Get him, you should get surgery. You know, you don't want him cutting on your back or do whatever you got to do. Do whatever you got to do to rehab your back, whatever. But we don't need you right now. Because again, we got Borum, we have Afeddy, and now we got Jason Peters. So Jason Peters can start in today, day one, left tackle. When healthy, he can start day one, and Afeddy can start at right tackle. And now we have veteran leadership among that offensive line and depth. So that would be the only thing that will hold this offense back is the offensive line. If 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 they can gel and you know maul guys on the run and and anchor during the pass we can make a really, really, really deep playoff push this season with that defense that we got.
0: That's crazy to hear you say. Because think about, DeVorey, how bad it was after the Saints playoff game. And especially after that, you remember that awful press conference right after they signed Annie Dalton and they put out that terrible QB1 picture and all that stuff? How much things have changed? Is that simply just Justin Fields? Does that change that much?
1: a quarterback changes a lot in the NFL. Crazy thing about it is for those that are listening to this podcast right now, if you don't believe how crazy things can change for a team at one position, take Aaron Rodgers off of the Green Bay Packers.
0: Or or even th- think about this too, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before Tom Brady. I mean, awful. <laughs> it's and and then and then it's Super Bowl. I man, I just hope with all my heart that he is everything that we believe him to be and that he stays. I'm not even going to say it. You know, you know what I'm going to say? Like just, just making sure that we stay, you know, stay the course for all of that stuff. What about the defensive side? You talked about it a little bit. Are you excited about Sean Desai and excited about this defense?
1: Very excited. Uh, Coach Desai had those guys flat out falling against Miami. They got the takeaways. They forced them, they got an interception. They forced a, a fumble. Um you know, got a couple sacks there. Uh, it's, you know, just my thing, and I'm gonna tell you on the defensive side of the ball that I was really excited to see, and I don't think a lot of people paid attention to it was Kyrus Tonga. He was magnificent. On that and folks, for those who 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 have the game recorded, take it back to where. Uh, it was first and goal inside what is it, the one yard line or something like that. And uh, they went to hand the ball off and we seen Alec Ogletree shoot the line and boom, blast the running back for like a three, four yard loss. Right. Well, look deeper into that and watch uh, Kyrus Tonga pancake a NFL starting center, <laughs> pancake him so the linebacker can shoot the gap. Holy crap (laughs) that was insane and i haven't seen play like that since haloti nada and i'm being dead serious i haven't seen that type of play since haloti nada in the middle with the baltimore ravens since tommy harris with the chicago bears you know and and tank johnson those two i haven't seen that type of play in a very long time you know i mean again we went all last season without eddie goldman so if you can, if you can have Kyrus Tonga and Eddie Goldman right there anchoring in the middle of your defense, I mean, man, Bilal Nichols
0: at Akeem Hicks too. Akeem to that.
1: Hicks should eat ridiculous. The, the, that defensive line pressure should be so insane to the point where this defense is generating turnovers like 2018 again.
0: I I, I'm looking at the secondary and I know a lot of people are worried. And I, and I think if they're, if they are left out on an Island for too long, it's going to be scary, but I agree with you. This, this defensive line is so good. Shout out to my guy, Logan, who mentioned this on our post game pod, Kairos Tonga, a seventh round draft pick, a steal. Okay. So that was going to be my next question to Cause I, sometimes people say that I praise Ryan pace too much. And I want to make sure that you know this and everyone that's listening knows this. He has made some awful, awful, awful decisions, which we just talked about, you know, Mike Glennon, uh, overpaying Andy Dalton, you know, some of the things that he's done, but in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, this guy has brought in some steals, what do you think about Ryan Pace? Ryan
1: Pace, if, if, <laughs> if I can say this, Ryan Pace hit a home run in this past draft. Ryan Pace, I don't understand why people are saying that their jobs are on the line. No, they're not. Because this past draft class was insane. It, it was insane. From every pick, it was insane. And you know, he got the very best at every every round. And me personally, I think he's he got the the best that we could get where we picked every round. I mean, Justin Fields to Tevin Jenkins to Larry Borum to uh Khalil Herbert, who shouldn't have been there that late, in my opinion. You he know.
0: looks so good. We were we were talking about our last pod. I I am so excited about him as, as a, in the backup role to Monty. I think that's going to be a one, two punch. It's going to be fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Um, And then also, you know, the, the Kyrus Tonga and, you know, uh, Daz Newsom and Snowden Snowden, like, man, this is, you know, and even Snowden, he was a, he was a free agent and it was just like, what, he was still there. I'm telling you, he, that what he's putting together, he's, he has the pieces there. If they can develop these guys and get them to where they need to be, this is going to go down as one of the most historic draft classes that the Chicago Bears had in history that started it all to a Super Bowl since 85.
0: Well, think too that even last year, if only two guys, if Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney are the only two guys that truly make an impact, that's still positions of need. This, this roster, just, I, I I'm so impressed with the way that he's turned things around. Phil Emery, just left this team barren and yes. I feel like he had to work so hard at the beginning to get any free agent to get here. Um, but he made some bad decisions along the way. And I think he's still getting roasted for the, the Kevin whites and, and some of that other stuff.
1: There's going to be hits and misses in every draft, you know, that's why it's a gamble. I mean, you know, that's why only 33% of uh, quarterbacks taken in the first round pan out, you know, why be, and you know, No one can explain that. Again, it's all a gamble. You're you're drafting players on a projection or on a hope of what they will develop into. No one, you know, I mean, you can go with any metric that you can, but nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. Nothing at this level. Nothing is guaranteed. This is not okay. I know he's a perfect example. Okay, folks, for those who are riding Ryan Pace, right? Think of all those five-star blue trips that are five-star blue chippers in high school that you see coming, and they're signing to Alabama, and they're signing to Oklahoma, and they're signing to uh, Ohio State and Michigan, and they're signing to all these places, right? And then you know, after a while, you know, about two years, you're like, hmm, I wonder what happened to so and so. They didn't pan out. OK, so for every blue, for every five star blue chip recruit that a college gets, you know, let's say they get about nineteen twenty, Only five to seven of those pan out. And then those five to seven that panned out out of the 20, they go on to the NFL. Right. And they get drafted. And out of those five to seven that get drafted. Only. One, two, pan out and make it. So it's very fickle. It's very fickle. You can't, you can't, look, you can only go off potential. That's it. And a lot of the times these guys don't live up to the potential. The ones that with the big names, they don't live up to the potential. But yet the guys that come in with a chip on their shoulder and have something to prove in the later rounds, they pan out. Why? Because they know they don't have that much long to go in order to try to make a name for themselves. So they're, they're all out when they come in perfect example you know how many quarterbacks were taken before russell wilson in that draft
0: oh my gosh that's insane third round draft pick man that's insane saying?
1: yeah exactly so how many of those do you got coming along you know how many quarterbacks were taken before dak prescott Get, I,
0: I literally you were going you took the words right out of my mouth think about the that fourth round pick how many teams are kicking themselves they just let him sit there absolutely exactly.
1: Now think about how many quarterbacks that went before Justin Fields in this draft.
0: Let me ask you this: be, But I, I, I want to talk Bears. But do you think any of the other quarterbacks that were taken before him will have good careers? I, you know, I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to say fantastic. I'm going to say, do you think any of them that you still look at and go, hey, that's going to be a great quarterback?
1: I honestly, this is something that I honestly think. I think that Trevor Lawrence will have a great career. I think that Justin Fields will have a great career. And I also believe that Trey Lance will have a great career also. It'll it'll come along slow, but Trey Lance will have a solid career as a pro. Um, Those who I don't think will pan out, I don't think, and I'm just being honest, and, and this is just because of the team he plays for. They have no help for him, you know, but Zach Wilson won't pan out. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening you know, with his style of play and what they're trying to do out there in New York. And it's just the fact that it's the Jets and they're, like, cursed. I don't see him panning out. Uh, I don't see Kellen Mond panning out. I think he's just there. He's just a guy. And uh, the quarterback that they taken, that they try to link the Bears to from Stanford, I don't see him panning out either.
0: No, I agree with you. I think the thing too, that you listen to the national writers talking about Trey Lance is turning heads. uh, Trevor Lawrence is turning heads and Justin Fields are turning heads. And that seems to be about it. That's not saying those other guys can't develop, but, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Those three are kind of the ones that I'm, I'm most looking at. Absolutely. Devore. Is there a name on this roster or a position group, or something that you are going to be watching really closely for these last two preseason games?
1: Absolutely. That's the linebacking group. I'm going to be focused on the linebacking group. Why? Because they are vital to our success as a defense. Again, that defensive line is probably the best defensive line in the NFL, hands down from, uh, you know, from end to end, you know what I'm saying, from right end to nodes to left end. They're probably the best and core, they are vital, meaning that uh, we know what Khalil Mack brings to the table. We also know what Roquan Smith brings to the table. Now we have Alec Ogletree and that battle between him and Danny Trevathan. And then we also have on the other side, Robert Quinn. That is vital, folks. That is vital. And the reason why I tell you it's vital is because if Robert Quinn can generate pressure from his side, you can't double and triple team Khalil Mack anymore. You want to know why? Because, again, you, everyone has to be accounted for which means max production is going to raise. Okay, Not only is max production going to raise, but guess what? There's also one-on-ones on on the inside with Goldman, with uh, uh, Nichols, and also with Akeem Hicks. There's going to be one-on-ones, folks. So therefore, our defensive line should be winning every single play. And also the fact that with you having Eddie Goldman and Kairos Tonga up there? Guess what? They keep the big nasties off of the linebackers like Roquan Smith and uh, Danny Trevathan or Alec Ogletree, so they can run and 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 run stop man and be be the hammer, you know, lay on be the hammer and filling in those holes. But when these running backs, you know, are trying to, so if you can't run. You can't pass or you have a, only a, a split second to get rid of that ball because the defensive line pressure and Khalil Mack is coming in, and 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 Robert Quinn is coming. It's coming so fast. What is that going to do? That's going to allow our young, inexperienced DBs and uh, and Johnson and in Vildor. Guess what they're going to do, folks? They're going to be sitting on routes and they're not going to be afraid to jump routes and they're going to get aggressive and they're going to be ball hawks. And that's going to turn into many, many interceptions. And it's going to bring Eddie Jackson back to form as well.
0: DeVore, everyone that listens to this podcast knows I get excited about a lot of things. I don't think you could have gotten me more excited about this defense, (laughs) about that front seven, because we knew they were going to be good. But But damn, dude, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Oh, yeah,
1: man. They're going to be scary good. And now we have a defensive coordinator that is going to play to our defensive strengths. Okay, they're not going to be taking Khalil Mack and dropping him in coverage when he should be rushing the quarterback. They're not going to be taking, you know, linebackers out of position and putting them on wide receivers in the slot. What are you doing? (laughs)
0: What are you doing? I, the amount of times I was screaming at Chuck Pagano and I have no hard feelings about him as a person in any way, shape or form, but, uh, but just some of the decisions that he made, it was just head scratching to say the least. Absolutely. All right, Devore, we have come to my absolute favorite segment for all of our first time guests. It's called Unpopular Opinion. Okay. Now, Devore, this can be anything that you want. We've had a lot of good ones. We, we've, uh, you know, your guy Roy, who was just on, said, Hey, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan that doesn't hate the Sox. He talked a lot about Kyle Shanahan being overrated. Both of those are some pretty hot takes. So I love it. So, Devori, I've got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion?
1: Unpopular opinion, folks. Matt Nagy is a hell of an offensive coordinator. Unpopular oh, opinion. DeVore, no. no. Pop, unpopular opinion. He's oh, a hell of an offensive coordinator. No. The things is, and I'm going to tell you why. We watched the game the other day, right? And one of Matt, one of Matt Nagy's plays schemed Jesse James completely wide open. Now, when, when, when ran with an accurate quarterback, it's seven. And that was a beautifully schemed play, is seven. And think about all the times where we've had guys running wide open and our quarterback couldn't hit them, and it took points off the board. Just think of that. So if he's scheming guys completely wide open to where they're backpedaling into the end zone, it's not him, folks. It's it's not his play calling because the plays are there. And if those who have access to the all-22 – Go back and watch some offensive plays where guys were running wide open and could walk in the end zone if they was hit with the ball. Our quarterback couldn't get it there. So now we have a guy that can get it there. So unpopular opinion. Matt Nagy is a hell of an offensive mind.
0: DeVore, we were doing so good, man. I was agreeing with you on everything until we hit this point. So now here's the thing. I, and I want to make this clear. And I said this in the last podcast. I think Matt Nagy is an amazing play designer, exactly what you are talking about, but don't you feel like sometimes he can't find rhythm in his playing call in any way. So, so he'll, he'll call these amazing plays where a guy's wide open. Sure. Maybe Mitch missed him. Maybe he made the play, but then two plays later, you're scratching your head going, why are you doing that? Am I crazy?
1: no you're not crazy and actually it happens um, I, I do believe that sometimes he needs to be saved from himself um, and he be, he can become a mad genius and think oh okay now it's time I can run that super secret <laughs> top play like no it's not the time for that nah, don't do it you know thing is is that he got cute with it in 2018 you know and some of the stuff that he was coming up with was good because it was working and you know when it don't work it's like what the, what the hell was that man <laughs> Like seriously, man,
0: <laughs> I still, yes. Santa's sleigh and some of those other plays, they were, they were fun to watch for yeah. sure. But, but yeah, but I think there's sometimes where he gets too cute or too confident in what he's doing. Um, but I agree with you. I think guys got schemed open way too many times. And again, Mitch Trubisky was not good with the deep ball. Justin Fields is. DeVore, I cannot thank you enough man we've laughed a lot I, I love your insight all of that stuff thank you for being here before you go curious any shout outs anybody that might be listening to the podcast that you want to give a shout out to
1: hey shout out to uh, my three kings man shout out to my guys Roy and Dan you know uh, over there at three kings of the midway podcast um shout out to big my co-host man on the big and bright you know the big and bright show again available wherever you get your podcast um shout out to my chicago bears you know what i'm saying <laughs> just shout out to anybody that that supports uh not only the bear down report you know what i'm saying it's, you you support not only the bear down report but you support the three kings podcast you support the big and bright show uh you support everything that we do man so shout out to all y'all man we do it for y'all so you know, I'm, I'm humbled to be on here, to be asked to come on, you know, the, the, the bear down report, man, this is great, man. I truly appreciate it. And thank you for having me. And Hey man, looking forward to a playoff push and possibly a super bowl run for us this season.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. So DeVore, I'm going to throw this out here. Obviously we want to have you back. Obviously we want to have Roy back and Dan has been on a bunch and we want to continue to have him on a lot. If you guys are in the Chicagoland area, First round is on me and I won't hear anything else. Man, I would love, love, love <laughs> to take you guys out and, and have a beverage or seven. Who knows? Right? We'll see hey, how it no goes. No doubt, man.
1: Hey, I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Folks, I've got to say thank you one more time to Devori Nesby for, for being a part of the show. Our our friends, our good friends at the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. For some crazy reason, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not listening to them, you're not mistaken. You're listening to a podcast saying, Hey, listen to another podcast that talks about the same content because they're good dudes. They're, they're, I'm, I'm truly impressed with their knowledge, the way that they make me laugh, you know, some of the editing stuff that you guys do too. Like I, I'm always find The Friday quotes, anytime there's a Friday, uh, a soundbite in there, <laughs> I am laughing. I am enjoying every single second of it. So please check out the three Kings of Midway podcast. Those guys are fantastic. I've got one more shout out that I'd like to give that's to the president of the lounge room network. My guy, Juan, we had a couple of exchanges back and forth on, on Twitter and uh, just a really good guy. And just really excited to see the success that he's had going out on his own, doing his own thing. And Juan, if you happen to be listening, man, I I wish you nothing but uh, continued success over the lounge room network. Obviously, I've got to give a thank you to my guys, Roy, Devore and Dan over at the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. Just phenomenal, phenomenal dudes uh obviously we've we've talked about it multiple times throughout this podcast you got to give them a check out they are fantastic and uh for all of you who are listening thank you so very much we know you can get your bears content in a lot of different places but you've chosen to hang out with us and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it and we also appreciate any sharing of any of the content at beardownreport.com uh for all of us the Down report thank you so very very much if you like what you hear please hit subscribe if you like what you hear a lot. Hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. As always, folks, bear down.